Hey, big welcome into the 3 a.m. Coney. I'm Lucas Moore, your host. Hello, Matt not here at the moment. That's okay. Our show today is going to be a couple of interviews. First, we have Keegan Wilburn, who is an incoming freshman at Ohio University in the Mid-American Conference. That's Athens. You know, we're familiar with that area, especially with Joe Burrow, Cincinnati fans. Um, and then we have Cole Baker, who just graduated from Ohio University on this show. The reason for it is we're going to dive all into this college football situation. The Mid-American Conference, the conference that Ohio is in, was the first to cancel their fall sports season. The first to cancel football out of the Power Five conferences. So we have a really interesting opportunity to have a discussion about these cancellations and what the players think, a former player and an incoming player, about this type of season. Keegan, thanks for joining us on the show, man. I really appreciate uh, you calling into the 3 a.m. Coney. Lucas, man, I uh, miss you in Athens. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, it feels like a much longer time with all this COVID-19 stuff going on. I thought I'd be gearing up to watch you potentially hit the field as a freshman. What's it like, man? I have to ask from an emotional standpoint, you're a guy that's played football every year of your life and now not playing it for one fall. I mean, that's got to be weird. That's got to be, it has to be some sort of anxiety bringer for you not to have football in your life this fall. A little bit. Um, I, I think it's it's different when you put it in perspective like that because uh, I feel like when you come in as a freshman, like kind of have to take it with a grain of salt that you know you're coming in to work against guys that have potentially been here five years. So uh, when you come in, you might not expect to play right away, and that's okay. Um, but you know, you know, just going forward with things, uh, I, I don't know. It's a weird time to be a college athlete. It's a uh, invigorating time to be a college athlete there's a lot going on there's a lot of voices being heard there's a lot of commotion there's a lot of chaos so uh yeah it's it's i think it's awesome though because you know uh get to come in everything's new it's not like anybody has dealt with any of this before so we're all going through it together and uh you just staying patient i think is the key to getting through all this for everybody really it's just the process yeah, and it is a process, and, and the question I have to ask is, would you have played and personally felt safe if you would have been asked to play by the Mid-American Conference? Um, personally, me, myself, my body only, yes, I would have felt fine. Um, I don't have any underlying risks uh, that you know comply to COVID. I don't have anything wrong with me or anything that would be... Um, you know, an issue if I were to have played. But um, me as a person that can walk around to my family and hug my grandma and talk, get in close contact with, meet, greet with family that, you know, they might not make it if they get the virus, that to me is scary. Um, but as far as me being an actual athlete, no, not particularly. Well, were there any safety protocols that you guys at Ohio University were planning? Did Coach Solich have things in place that you were aware of before they pulled the plug? Um, so, it, from my understanding, everybody was very unaware of when... The, okay, let me back up a little bit. Everybody was unaware of the decision that the MAC made uh, prior to them making the decision. Uh, Coach Solich found out roughly about the same time that we did. So we actually didn't get an official word from our coaches 
uh, before it broke off Twitter. I mean, that's typical that happens for guys getting traded in the league. It gets happened to teams everywhere. Um, but, you know, prior to that, everybody had this attitude, you know, we were getting ready for a season. We were, we were really working hard at getting in the weight room every day, field work. It was pretty much fall camp, but uh, just came to an abrupt stop. So, uh, you know, we're still figuring out things here on our end uh, at Ohio. I don't know what other programs are doing that can only speak for us. Well, yeah, that seems to be the main issue with college athletics right now. It's a piecemeal, put together, not really sensical type of operation happening. And the piecemeal part of it is in so many different ways, from athletic directors to presidents, from presidents to boards that happen to run some of these schools, to to alumni that are big decision makers at our school, all the way to different conferences making different decisions, all the way to, and this is the most important one, there was no communication between those who put on the game and those who play the game. There was no representation from a student-athlete point of view in these discussions. And, and if there was some sort of student-athlete representation, maybe this season does find a way to kick off because you can come to these kids and make an agreement. They're not kids. You know what? Let me back up. These are 18-year-olds minimum. These are adults who have every right that an American should have as an adult other than the 18 to 21 range not being able to drink and you have a higher rate when you rent a car. But you are adults, and it just is amazing to me that Keegan, nobody that plays had any say one way or the other about whether this season should happen or not. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, that that's interesting, and I don't disagree with you. Um but what I can say is that as a program, as a whole, there's not a mood that comes out of, you know, our higher-ups, like Coach Dulwich, uh, Coach Covington, which is our football ops guy. You know, he's been incredible through this process of just, you know, COVID and getting guys moved around, people coming in, quarantine periods. That, that guy's a rock star. I do want to shout him out on him. But, you know, even up to them, I don't think that they know. I think there might even be some sort of disconnect between, you know, them and the conference or the NCAA. But, you know, as far as we're concerned as student athletes, uh, we have like unity councils and things like that that meet with the coaches every so often. And I believe that some of our older players are starting to take advantage of those programs, you know, a little bit more frequently now than they have been in the past. Just, just due to everything that's going on. I don't think that is something that's really been utilized in the past. But well, Keegan, let me, I'll be on- let, me, let me drive into this, and we'll, we'll hammer it home. If I were to come to you today and said, this is the College Football Players Union, and it's, it's legally official, it's ready to go, are you signing up for it? Do I get paid? Um, it's not the, it doesn't say it gets paid right there, but there's no repercussions for joining the union. It's just being able to negotiate for potential pay. I think it's a great idea, but I think that with some formulation of a organization of that stature, there's going to come a money barrier. Uh, I don't know where or how you form some sort of union or whatever without, you know, a little bit of capital and, as far as the NCAA has it right now, we don't have that type of power. We don't have that type of say so. So something like that would have to be a proposed idea from the higher ups or something from an outside source. I don't know if the athletes 
themselves. I mean, people have been crying to have pay since I, I can remember. And I mean, I'm here now. So <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how that would work as a whole, but I love the idea. If you could actually get a team of attorneys to negotiate lawyers, or not to negotiate lawyers, negotiate contracts and to negotiate pay for all these guys and negotiate player health safety, negotiate how much you get per, I don't know, there's just so many specialized things or, that you know, go, go into that. Negotiate how about on rules, negotiate on, um, like you mentioned, player safety, negotiate on suspensions, somebody that's there on your, your behalf. NCAA rules violations, negotiate there, right? There's no reason to me that you guys can't be represented. I mean, that's just, it's unbelievable to me. We have a group of adults in this country who sign a letter committing themselves to something, receiving no compensation other than a scholarship, but you can put a monetary value on that scholarship. And if you are saying something is compensation, and it's a scholarship, you're, you're kind of playing in legal gray area. I just think it's something that would be positive for everybody involved. I think that college football would have I a agree. much better chance of coming back. I think it's going to be better for these schools in the long run to have these, because if this body would have been in place, Keegan, I think you guys would have had a much better shot to at least see if you could play, negotiate if you could play, be involved in yeah. the discussions about playing, and that just feels only fair for somebody that's worked as hard as you have and is a legal adult. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about it. If you look at the structure of the NCAA as a whole, it is a business. You can look at it. You can argue any which way, direction, or angle. It is a business. What is a, what is a business need to, to, to be great, to prosper? It needs a product. You know what the product is? The product is the player. And when we step out on the field, you know, that that's the entertainment. That's what you pay for. You pay forty-five dollars to $2,000 for a ticket or somewhere around the country to watch that product. And if the product doesn't have a have a say in the whole grand scheme of things, I mean, you, you can't move forward without, without us. So, um, in essence, I think the only way that something like that would, would happen is if some somebody from the outside higher up or literally every single college athlete would have to band together and create something great, I think it would be beautiful. But I don't know how feasible it is, unfortunately. Well, we'll see if there are smarter people than you and I, Keegan, working on that problem. Maybe the NCAA can sit up, make a decision, make it one way or the other. You know, let there be a union. Um, I just... Th this is the type of scenario... That is a, makes it a real issue, the, the type of structure that the NCAA has had for a very long time. But let me ask you this question, Keegan. As a player in the group of five, as a guy who could have possibly played in the Power Five, but you elected to have a group of five scholarship at a school that's close to your home, and you've got a real chance to play and be productive and be in the MAC. do you think it would be a good idea? I'm throwing a curveball at you, but do you think it'd be a good idea if the group of five, so the MAC, maybe not the American, but you know, at least the bottom four conferences and the 10 that make up um, the FBS, if they started playing in the spring from now on till forever and did a group of five playoff, what, what, what is your initial thoughts on that as I throw that idea at you? I think it sounds fun. 
it sounds very, very fun. Um, something that I kind of battled with, you know, coming here was that I like to compete. I like to compete for something. I like to, I like to have a goal and a target in mind. So, yeah, every year Ohio wants to win a MAC championship. But after that, there's not really, like, a set something in mind. Yeah. So, you know, having, like, a national championship game or striving to get to a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl, like, yeah, that is that's almost impossible or far out of our reach. So, um, yeah, I think that would give something consistent to look forward to every year. And just it would it would be very fun. I know it would be super competitive. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, I mean, even if you did it in the fall, Keegan, I mean, how fun would an Ohio versus Boise State group of five national championship be for everybody involved? <laughs> it would be crazy. It I think would it's be awesome. And I think, would you as a player consider that a national championship? You know, to me, playing in the MAC, you have to take it for what it is. Yeah, that that is your national championship if you're a group of five player. Um, I, I think that's a beautiful idea. I've never even thought of that. It's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, Maybe the NCAA will listen to me one day, although I've been saying the same things for five years. So has most of the country, and they continue to be a body that doesn't move much, and they're facing some strife. But Keegan, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. We I really appreciate it, man. Um, good stuff. Great show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. You know, It's always good to catch up. Always good. That was Keegan Wilburn. Uh, Cole Baker coming up next, 3 a.m. Coney. All right, a big welcome back into the 3 a.m. Coney. Lucas Moore here, just had Keegan Wilburn, now bringing on Cole Baker. Cole, you just got done with college football, so luckily you aren't the one personally affected by this, but you have to feel for a lot of your teammates, a lot of your former coaches at Ohio University that they won't be playing football this fall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, disappointed that uh, the Mac decided was really was that the first fbs conference announced uh disappointed you know in the outcome i hate it for the coaches and the seniors coming up um i i hope for you know a season in the spring but right now i mean honestly it's not not looking likely well it's not looking likely i think a lot because of you know the financial hurdles that the NCAA Absolutely. has to go through right now. Not the NCAA, but the group of five, specifically the Mid-American Conference. I mean, we know how few people sometimes went to Ohio Bobcat games. However, those ticket sales still were a decent part of the revenue that the Ohio Bobcats were bringing in. So you're asking a, a conference with schools that perform way worse financially than Ohio University. You're asking them to take on all this extra cost of the pandemic, so testing, distancing, masks, shields, um, different protocol, longer staff hours, uh, more staff hours for cleaning, extra equipment guys, probably a pandemic expert being brought in. You have all those costs and you lose all the revenue from the fans in the stands. Do you think that finances played a much bigger role than, than the Mid-American Conference or any of these college football conferences are willing to admit? I, I think that's the root cause of all of this. I think um, with your points, you know, exactly. I, you know, the Mac is losing money each day this past couple of weeks with these power five conferences rescheduling and, you know, saying we're only going to do, 
conference games. You know, the MAC plays, you know, how, however many non-conference games against Power Fives. I was, I think, I read an article that the MAC was slated to get, you know, close to eleven million dollars this year from out, of, you know, non-conference games from Power Five schools. So, you know, on top of the ticket sales, on top of, you know, having to pay staff cleaning, you know, following these guidelines, it, you know, it, it has to be uh, financial more so than player health. Yeah, I, I think that they're at least equal part. You know, I, I you know maybe we don't take the full step and say it's only about money or it's only about right. player health. I think it's really fair to say that, especially for these small conferences, it is equal part financial right. and health because a big reason is the health aspect of it has to do with what the players want, and, and that was a big problem you had when you and I first initially discussed this was you don't like that the players had no say, no voice, no seat at the table, nothing. The players were completely absent from this entire process. Right. So, I mean, that, that kind of, you know, where we left off earlier is where the NCAA is there as, you know, to protect these players and solidify the, you know, we're amateurs of the sport, which – my opinion on of it, I mean, we're the opposite of amateur. I think, you know, once you're in college football, especially at the Division One level, you know, you're more so professional than than anything. So I think the lack of representation from student athletes, uh, especially football, you know, played a huge part of not having a season, especially in the MAC. Yeah, I, do you think that a players' union would have helped – you know, fix that issue would have would have been a great part of it to where at least the players would have had a, a voice at the table, not even for compensation, but just some sort of player coalition for this issue. You know, I'm not sure a players union is the exact um, answer for it. Uh, I do believe that player representation should have been involved uh, at least a little bit. You know, I, I feel like there was no you know, you see it all over Twitter, but, you know, how, how much does that go into effect when uh, the board members take take this kind of vote, you know, whether or not to have a season? You know, do they really, you know, are they really looking out for the best interests of their players? Or, you know, are they looking out for what the player wants? Um, I'm sure I'm sure this whole decision was based, you know, some on financial, some on, you know, the health aspects. You know, if you if you're gonna have kids that are out there playing, I, I do believe that those kids should have a, have a say in it as well. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. You know, from now till Sunday, every day, I'm gonna say yes. The players should have a voice. Uh, just to jump to the side a little bit, because you do have two former football programs. What is the plan at the junior college level? Do you know what uh, East Mississippi's doing right now? Uh, I. <laughs> Honestly, before I got on the phone with you there, I was reading uh, an article saying that there's going to be no fall 2020 season uh, for East Mississippi. You know, the NJ, the National Junior College Athletic Association announced earlier that they weren't going to have fall sports way before um, talks of, you know, Division One FBS schools. And uh, the 
the Mississippi Athletic uh, Commission announced that they were going to play independently from the NJCAA solely based on the on the players because you know junior college recruiting happens during the fall I mean you're not going to have recruiting going on in the spring because you want guys coming in mid-year like myself and honestly uh in the springtime you know the numbers are slim I would say an average junior college program has between 25 high end, maybe 40, 40 players enrolled in the spring. And, you know, those numbers aren't really logical to have a full, full fledged season. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if Mississippi pulls out. I figure like them and the SEC, like these places that absolutely love their football. I, I think that, uh, you going to East Mississippi is a perfect example, Cole, of why you are not an amateur because you sought out a career by going a place to go to another place. Right? That in and of itself is more than being an amateur, a student who plays football on the side for fun, whose main objective right. is learning. Your main objective clearly was to play football at the Division One level, a goal in which you succeeded. Yeah, I mean, I would I would like to see, um, you know, what who deems us as amateurs to, you know, kind of sit through the day to day life of a student athlete, especially at the junior college level and at you know any level of Division One, Two, or Three. I played Division Two. I played junior college ball. Played Division One ball. You know, it it it's not just some regular guys playing. A sport you know it's not it's professional it's you know there's a schedule on it every day um you know it's set and it takes you know some resilience and a lot of skill to play this you know play the sport i I just don't think it's fair to us and to all the current athletes out there to be called amateurs well and here's where i i want to ask you if you what you what you would do personally so I asked this to Keegan, and I'm going to ask you again. If there were a union, it was formulated, and, and mm-hmm. let's pretend you were still playing, and they came to you and said, would you like to join this union? We're going to try to bargain for pay slash other, some sort of other compensation. Would you have joined that union? Uh, initially, I would say yes. Uh, you know, I do, you know, how do you, kind of value an individual you know without a salary you know because you know you look at it like the nfl and you look at it like in a like the nfl you know they get salaries they get their contracts and you know states like california and new york pass a bill you know paying for their likeness likeness i'm saying that likeness yeah likeness Uh, yes yes (laughs) You know, that's, from my understanding, that's, you know, kind of advertisement-based. You know, if your face is on a billboard, you're supposed to get paid. You know, you know, me coming from the trenches, it's a little less glory. Yeah. Uh, a, a little less TV time. You're saying no you billboards know? for the D-tackle. I mean, not, you know, not as much as, you know, QB1. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you how do you compensate that evenly without having some sort of hierarchy among the team? 
Well, how about this idea, Cole? Because I've thought about this question a lot, and your your point there is is the most important one, I think. I think that there should be, because what you're doing is professional, what you're doing takes 40 hours a week, minimum. Um, right. What you're doing is something that is could be considered a job, is that you should have the option to choose your compensation. There should at least be some sort of choice. So what these colleges can do, and, and they can do all this if they get out in front of it, and they'll win legal battles from now until the next 30 years if they just get out in front of it. What they do is they come to you and say, hey, Cole Baker, we are offering you a scholarship to Ohio University, or we are offering you the scholarship plus the cash stipend you would receive with the scholarship anyway, which is what everybody's doing now at Division mm -hmm. One. So you receive the value of the scholarship. So at Ohio University, you'd receive room and board plus tuition. So you'd get about $23,000 in cash plus the cash stipend. And we'll pay that to you in cash for your time here at Ohio University. And then you'll receive some sort of prorated scholarship if you want to go back to school. So if you want to just do online classes, that's about half the cost. They take another half off that because you're an athlete. And then you can go back to school in the four years following college. And that is in mm -hmm. place all across. Either you pick the scholarship and take your classes while you're there, or you take the money with a prorated cheaper scholarship later in your life. I mean, is that something that you'd be in favor for? Uh, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, some people have different, um, they come from different parts of life and different scenarios where, you know, that, scholarship right now you know the full scholarship and go to classes may not be the best thing for them and you know later on it you know the prorated scholarship that you can use later might be the better move uh, just it's always a weird thing for me to kind of discuss as far as getting paid and all that uh, I didn't really I, I didn't have any issues but I just I know former teammates uh, that came from poorer backgrounds and, you know, they, they honestly struggled. And when you come home, and like you said, it's a full-time job. When you come home from practice and it's later, you had meetings and you can't go to the dining hall because the dining hall is closed. You know, these kids go home hungry and they go to sleep hungry and it's not fair to them. So I do feel like there should be some sort of adjustment for compensation. Um, especially for those guys that are less fortunate as I was. Yeah, and, and the NCAA is kind of inched that direction with the the first cash stipend, and then now you're allowed unlimited food by some rule. But again, something has to be open for it to be unlimited, right? Money, you right. can get food anytime, all the time. Um, I think this is a really interesting and in-depth and complicated discussion, but I think that you and I have established the most important point, which you are not an amateur. I mean, you sought out a career path. You went three different places. That's like jumping jobs. That's like <laughs> trying to climb the ladder, right? You're going to Scuba Miss, which, I, where are you originally from, Cole? Originally, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, so like Birmingham compared to Scuba is like the Ritz-Carlton, am I right? Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a uh, culture shock. I, I do feel like everywhere <laughs> everywhere that I've been to has been a culture shock. You know, I'm, you know being from Birmingham, somewhat metropolitan, you know, suburbs, 
whatever you may call it, and then go into a, a town with 700 people and then ended up somewhere in, you know, Southeast Ohio, which, you know, seeing all people from all walks of life from Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, you know, the Midwest. And, you know, it's <laughs> everywhere I've gone, it's been some sort, some sort of shot. Yeah. I mean, but that's, you're doing that for football and for the love of the game. Right. And, and I think that that is, I think that should be rewarded and compensated at least so much so to give you some sort of choice in the matter. Um, Cause some people say, well, they can just choose not to play football. I mean, right. how <laughs> unrealistic and unfair of an answer is that? And that just seems like absolutely ridiculous. You worked your whole life for this. You're specifically, you know, I'm not very religious, but a lot of people are. Some people would say that you were designed to play football. You were designed with that type of agility and athleticism and size to play defensive tackle. Yeah, I just think that you definitely deserve choice. You definitely deserve an option. And, uh, you know, I wish we would have somehow as a society gave you one while you played college athletics. But I'm sure still a lot of positives came out of that experience um, with your journey, Cole. I'm sure still a lot of positives. I think that's the important thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I wouldn't trade, you know, any any decision that I ever made, you know, along the way, you know, would I go back, you know, back in my high school days and say, man, I really wish I would have gotten that Division One scholarship and just gone my four years. No, I, I would do my same exact path because I met some really great people from, you know, Every single school that I went to met some great coaches, uh, just had made lifelong friends and uh, just the experiences, like you said, I, I would definitely want to relive those again. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll be telling your kids about them for a long time. Cole, thanks so much for joining us on the show, giving your thoughts on this. It was a great discussion and uh, love to have you back on um, sometime over the next few months, maybe when there's football again. <laughs> we can we can Absolutely. have you back on the show, Cole. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much.